Welcome to Picks and Flicks. This is a podcast where myself, Stephen Pigeon, and my co-host, CJ Welsh, take game and movie pairings and discuss them to see if they work against each other in different ways. Uh, CJ is a filmmaker and producer, and I work in production across both games and film. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land of which we currently occupy and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today... We're looking at Deathloop and Boss Level. Deathloop is a game developed by Arkane Studios and released in 2021. It is about two rival assassins, one of which you play as, who are trapped in a mysterious time loop on the island of Black Reef, doomed to repeat the same day for eternity. In order to succeed, you'll have to die, die, and die again. Boss Level is a movie also with a time loop, directed by Joe Carnahan and starring Frank Grillo, released in 2020. Trapped in a time loop that constantly repeats the day of his murder, a former Special Forces agent, Frank Grillo, must unlock the mystery behind his timely demise. We picked this pairing before Deathloop had come out as they both shared time loops as its unique hook. We assumed that they would work well together, and now we're going to dive in and find out. This is your full spoiler warning for Deathloop and Boss Level. If you haven't played or watched them, we are going to spoil everything about them. And with that, let's get into it. Indeed, let's. Um, I should say one thing is I I saw Boss Level earlier than Pigeon did because I saw it in cinemas. Uh, I managed to find the exact spot in between lockdowns here in Melbourne where the cinema was open for a couple of months. And I went and saw Boss Level and I think my experience was unique because I was the only person in the whole theatre. And I think it's the first time since I was a kid that I've been to the movies and been the only person in the cinema. But I want to clarify, that's not actually a searing indictment of the quality of the film at all. That is much more a searing indictment of the of the level of cinema-going audiences in Australia. <laughs> even, even in between lockdowns, people were not that keen to go to the movies. Um, but you, it is it is now available on streaming. So um, in the interim, it did come out on streaming and, and I think it's been relatively well-received. It's kind of funny. I think... Um one movie I might have seen when it was basically like me and maybe one other person in the, in the cinema I think it was 22 Jump Street oh really that would have been a great one to see on your own yeah wow. and I could I could just like laugh and, and talk shit um, as long as I wasn't like too loud for the person like down a few rows but like I, I, I love being in cinema with like a complete crowd of people but I also love being there on my own it's like it works both it's ways, two yeah. very different experiences I, for me I think boss level worked uh, with me on my own because it's quite bombastic there's a lot of big moments and there's a lot of like really obvious uh you know hat tipping to video game type tropes yeah. and so there were there were moments in that film where i out loud was like hell yeah like wow and i was like that would feel really awkward in a cinema full of people <laughs> if i'm the only massive gamer nerd who's gonna yell something out because of a reference on screen <laughs> i would be really embarrassed but on my own i was like oh yeah that was sick amazing boss level is not the kind of movie where you watch in silence and appreciate it it's, no, it's, not at it's all. the that kind of movie, movie we have to. And it had a big personality. Yeah, and you kind of got to like laugh and yell and make fun of it and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think that was an important thing. It 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 didn't take itself too seriously, and that might be something that I think it has in common with Deathloop. And we can we can get into it a bit more, but the, the idea that it's a kind of silly conceit, like a time loop in and of itself. Oh, this is too meta to start with already. We're getting into it too early, but <laughs> the idea of of a time loop film is almost like you're as an audience member you're in a time loop you've seen this movie before you have seen time loop before you know how it goes you know the rules 
so they don't have to spend time explaining the rules to you. Mm. You you already get it. You know, everyone has seen Groundhog Day and it's to the point where it, you can describe the film to someone who's never seen it and say, oh, it's a Groundhog Day type time loop. And people go, oh yeah, they get it. Like it's 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 such a trope or, or a genre on its own now that I think it can't take itself too seriously. It, it has great dramatic moments, but it can't take itself too seriously because you're immediately like, yeah, whatever. It's a movie about a guy stuck in a time loop. It's inherently going to be a little bit silly, I, but it actually plays to that strength. It works really well. I, I'm trying to remember in Groundhog Day, were there any um, days in which Bill Murray died and restarted? Or did he always like go to sleep at the end of the day? Oh, that's a good question. I actually don't remember, you know. I might look that up really quickly. I do remember reading a, um, a, a, fan, a fan theory, it must have been, or maybe it was from like a director interview or something. Someone in the chat or the comments will um, correct me on this, but there was a, uh, a fan theory or, or a director's commentary that explained that what we'd seen in the film as like he went through a hundred iterations was like one-tenth of what he actually experienced. This is for Boss So. No, no, this is for Groundhog Day, the original Groundhog Day. Oh. So the idea that like Apparently, what yeah. we see on screen is only one-tenth of the actual number of loops that he went through. So he very likely did die in, in many of the loops. Oh, yeah, because I think in, in Groundhog Day specifically, because like you have the montage of him going to learn piano or all that kind of stuff. And I think the writer or the, or the director may have said somewhere that um, he was in that loop for millions of iterations. Yeah. So like he, he was in limbo for like... yeah. For like longer than anyone would realistically be alive for, um, before he came back, yeah, which is exactly. really dark when you think about it. It's super dark, and they can't, they don't get into that because if you got into it too far, like that's too dark. It's no, you can't, you could do an entertaining film on that, I guess, but it would be a very different type of movie. Yeah, but no, that's a really interesting point. I don't know that they uh, set that out in Groundhog Day as like he dies, it it reloops, but but boss level is sort of its inherent basis is that he he dies, it starts again. And the point of him being alive is all these people are trying to kill him. So there's your there's your major first spoiler. It's, you know, the idea is that there's all these assassins trying to kill him over the course of the day. So he might learn how to beat the first five or six, but then there's the seventh. And he'd never seen the seventh before, so then the seventh kills him. Yeah. So he's like, it's his death is the thing that instigates a relooping of the day. And he does at one point, not manage to die only to discover that the world ends anyway even if he survives yeah the because day. of the um the, the way as I, I can't remember the what they called it in the movie but i was just referring to it in my head when i was watching it as the as the sci-fi time wheel machine yeah yeah 100%. which, which was exactly kind of what it is. which is yes, kind of yes. similar in death loop because the island has that huge wheel that is creating the time loop mechanics i'm like ah oh, it's just it's the time wheel it's the time wheel. I actually, I, I, this is going to out me as a nerdy Redditor, but I actually read a thread about Deathloop the other day and they were talking about why do so many video games and movies have this concentric circle spinny machine and it always has something to do with either time or space or time space travel. And I was like, oh my God, they're right. It's in the movie Contact. It's in Mass Effect. Like it's in Event well, Horizon. There are so many things I mean, that involve giant spinning concentric circles. Well, I mean, that's how you get artificial gravity is, ha- is having this, ha- it's having the spinning on, spinning on the axis. Like that's how yeah. the International Space Station works and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought maybe that's an interesting connection is that um, to, to do a successful uh, sci-fi time loop machine, you've got to have some spinning circles in it or it's, it's you just, just yeah, you're just going to have some like cool lit up circles. That's, that's, yeah, you got to have, they have to be lit up too. It can't be in the dark. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Well, I think, I think, yeah, it's an interesting kind of thing to look at. So I think the, the movie uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that that's very similar to Deathloop. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a fun, funny experience. I'm wondering if you caught... So, because I watched Boss Level after I finished playing Deathloop. And there was a moment in the movie where he says the word Deathloop. He does. He actually does. Yeah, yeah. he says, stuck here in a Deathloop of a never-ending day. Yeah. I, 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 as soon as I noticed that, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> it was fascinating. I also like the idea that um, in like in a lot of this time loop style fiction there's there's like there's a reason why it's this person it's never like i you know i I think other than maybe groundhog day where it was some sort of metaphysical trying to teach him a lesson type deal Mm. in almost everything else the person looping it's because of something that they did they have to loop or or like something that they've um like accidentally come across like in yeah exactly like in palm springs it was like the opened up like weird quantum uh, exactly thing. yeah but in boss level it's something that was done to him and i thought that was fascinating that like it's because he's got special you know secret agent military skills and his uh what i gather his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend was like she's in the secret lab doing the secret time business she took his so hair. she picked him but but it was like she picked him she made him do this but with no explanation <laughs> so if it's like if you just woke up tomorrow and you were like wait a minute this is the exact same day that i had yesterday what the hell you would have you would you as he does in the film you would have to spend some time just piecing together how did this happen yeah like well like because in the movie too so um because they really lean hard they, they lean hard into like the old like crt screen style arcade video game style yeah um and it, like each day they put on as like a attempt number 100 and stuff like that um which i thought was interesting and then it's because like thinking on that specifically with what we were talking about with Groundhog Day being millions of days, with this mm. one he was only in it he, like we were told he was only in it for like 150 tries before he beats the boss, I suppose. Um, yeah, because he's because he's amazing. Yeah, he he learns how to be a master swordsman in basically a week. Which I did think was that that bit. I was like, okay, look, yeah, we're not taking it too seriously. That that stretched credulity though, where I'm like, okay, so you find. The master swords swords person who happens to be at the local, yeah, you know, the 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 plot convenience in that was through the roof. <laughs> but you know what? You know what I found interesting is I bought it. I was like, yeah, this is silly, but but it wasn't so silly that I was like, okay, this is dumb. I'm, I, you know, it didn't turn me off the film. It managed to to really walk that fine line between you know that this is absurd, and yet still be entertaining. So I was into it. I enjoyed boss level. I, I like unashamedly. I enjoyed that movie. I would it's, watch it again. I, it's funny. I would say it's a bad movie, but I had I had a fun time with it. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's my point. Is like I'm not saying this movie's going to win an Oscar, right? Like it's it's not it's not a movie that is going to change your life having seen it, but it's definitely worth watching. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. There are definitely worse ways you could spend an hour and a half. Yeah. I remember like two other points uh, that starts me with with boss level is so one of the assassins that that kills him all the time is the. Um, is Guan Yin the the sword assassin, and every time she kills him after she's killed him, I should point out. So like after she's already decapitated him, she says, "I am Guan Yin, and Guan Yin has done this." And the main character is saying about like how that has annoyed him so much, and how he how he knows that she says that. I'm like, how how do you know that she says that if by the time she says that you're already dead? Yeah, it sort of implies that. Um 
even though he's been like decapitated that there's like a few seconds where he's still alive or still conscious before the time loop resets and so he's able to witness that so it's some sort of like he actually has a momentary immortality before the time loop kicks in maybe or it could just be shoddy writing maybe maybe i don't know man i mean i don't i don't want to I mean, accuse uh, the the film of shoddy writing it's, it's it's a pretty good little time loop it's tight it's it's really well uh structured you know the action scenes are amazing whether the story makes sense uh, you know we can we can maybe give it a pass on that one it's funny so when while i was watching it um in my notes every now and then i was just like writing down little notes of like what i was feeling at the during the scene and stuff like this and one of the ones that i wrote down i think like a third of the way through the movie is this movie is not passing the Beckdale test. Oh yeah, hundred percent not. <laughs> this is this is uh, I don't even how would you? It's like an old. No, this sounds horrible, but it is kind of an old school macho action movie, right? Like he, the character that Frank. I mean, the, plays the villain does have the villain is Mel Gibson chomping on a cigar. Yeah, yeah, like it plays into the cliche. It knows what it is, you know. And I think that it it does it in such a way where Frank Grillo's character is not. Uh, like an unforgivable douchebag. He's not like a classic 80s action hero where he's just like, you know, palming women out the way and being like, I'm here to save the day. He doesn't do that. He's a very <laughs> that, relatable, that respectable character. And he's, he's good with kids. And he's like, you know, there's a lot of moments to make him quite modern. But at the end of the day, he he is an action movie dude doing action movie shit. They blow up a helicopter. You know, he's stabbing people. But yeah, no, it doesn't pass any Bechdel type test at they, all. Um, it's 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 very much about him and his journey saving the day. They chucked in a Willem scream in there too, which I noticed. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. It's, yeah, that that doesn't surprise me though. I think uh, it was right well, like when he hijacks the helicopter and like kicks a guy out. There's a Wilhelm scream. There you go. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd believe it. that. It feels like it's that kind of movie. It needs to have that in there. Yeah. Also, the the end of the movie just kind of ended for me. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, another, another, like, 15 minutes or so of him, like, doing the last day, but this time high stakes because it's not going to loop. He has to make sure he does mm. it perfect. But, no, he, does, he he walks into into the time wheel machine and it's just credits, finish. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't stoked on that because I kind of wanted to know if it would, like, like, does it just, con- like, the day just continues? And then what about all the destruction and things that have happened in the course of that final day? Hmm. and like does does it just that he just dies and that's what breaks the loop and it gets to continue or did he somehow reset the loop a final time but now it's not a loop anymore that was the bit that wasn't clear to me you know another thing too that this makes me think of which in death loop some of the characters actually talk about and think of too is with each iteration of the day all those days that happen like what exists there in that realm while everyone who was in that realm goes to another day like is is that just an a, a, what's the word i'm looking for like a void of nothing like what exists mm. for the continuation of that iteration if it if it does well that's that question isn't it of like is a time loop actually a time loop or is it really just uh a multiverse moving from piece to piece in multiverse yeah like are you just going into a different universe and having another crack but but does that mean that the universe that you just left behind continues just without you yeah there was um, that's a that's a heavy uh, heavy question man yeah pretty sure rick and morty did an episode on that too i'm pretty sure they did there was uh it's one of the best ones it's the vat of acid episode mm. uh and it becomes it becomes clear to morty at the end that he that was multiple universes and that he left all of them behind and, and he's been oh murdering goodness. like all those versions of him he's been murdering versions of him that have been existing exactly the entire yeah. time <laughs> 
it's quite a dark way to teach a lesson, but that's that's classic Rick and Morty. There, they 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 took an idea of this time loop thing and went right. How dark could we get with this? But it's true, you could get really sinister. I found I found um, that Deathloop has moments of being quite sinister, mm. but its overall tone is quite lighthearted. If you dig into the lore a little bit, that's when you start to get into like, oh my goodness, this is pretty heavy. But they never do that on the surface of the game. It's there to have fun and, and be enjoyable. Well, there's also something that um, kind of surprised me with Deathloop was that it wasn't all inherently about the time loop. Because like so much of it too is it's 60s and 70s inspired. It's very James Bond inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that that whole aesthetic and the music and, and like the style of it was just, I thought, so amazingly well done. I loved it. It's really good, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's one, um, there's one major spoiler here. If people haven't finished the game, you can skip this bit. But uh, at the very end of the game, when you finally do break the death loop, and you uh, you're it. there with Juliana, and you've got the two pistols, mm-hmm. so that's the reveal that this game takes place in the same universe as the Dishonored series, um, and is in fact the oh, 1960s. I didn't, but I didn't make the that connection. Universe. Ah, oh, because like now that you've okay, said so it, you you guys watching can't see this, but Pigeon's face, he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, for I the did, pistols that they use oh, when he, when really she cool. even says specifically, she's like, yeah, whale oil cartridges. That's that's the Dishonored universe. Man, it's been so long since I played Dishonored. I haven't played the second one, but the first one was so good. Um, so good. That, yeah, no, well, those pistols yeah. are the exact same as in the game. Exactly. Yep. There's even a couple of furniture pieces that are literally models taken out of Dishonored Two. Like same identical cabinet. Shit, I but I love the idea that what now. they did was they took the Dishonored universe and then fast forwarded it into the 60s and went, what would their design aesthetic look like if it was the 60s, but in that world? And it works brilliantly, you know? And and some of the way that it's um, it's put together with that light heart, like as you said, it's almost like a James Bondy 60s bit of, bit of fun. You know, yeah. the music's a little bit rock and roll, all this sort of stuff. It works really well without it needing to be in our universe at no point did i have did i think playing Deathloop was i like oh this is set on an island in our 1960s i just thought it was like an alternate history alternate world yeah, whatever yeah. but then once you realize it's in the dishonored universe you go oh my god that makes so much more sense why so much of this game looks or feels somehow familiar it's because if you've played dishonored not not just the mechanics of the shift and things but the actual design aesthetics are very similar so I was looking up to um, some of like the concept art for uh, Deathloop, particularly in relation to Dishonored as well. So I'm not sure if he was the art director for Dishonored as well, but Seb- Sebastian Mitten and Frank Lloyd Wright were like the the two main art people who worked on Deathloop. Mm. Um, and I remember like one of the things that they pointed out is like uh, so Dishonored was a lot like a lots of lots of like straight lines and angles in terms of all the design and like kind of like. Uh, rough edges like that whereas moving into the 60s design with Deathloop plastic exists so they can do like all these colourful curves and like smooth things and like it really just lent into like the opposite style of that and I thought it, it like it looked so good so cool and so awesome like even some yeah. even some of the cars and the vehicles that you find around the island yeah yeah like they 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 look cartoony in a way because uh, like like it's emphasized in lots of different ways, but it works so well because it's it's all consistent across the entire thing. No, hundred percent, man. I think um that that's one thing that stuck out to me as being unique to it. Where if the if the time loop thing is so not passe, but it's been it's been done so many times that you sort of go, okay, well, what makes this one different? 
the the key thing for me was the design aesthetic i haven't seen a time loop story or narrative that had this much sort of character and pizzazz you know it's usually like something like Grand Hotel or um or a boss level where it's like it's set in our world you know or yeah. there was a recent one uh on hulu spring oh, well, i can't remember i want to say it's called spring break i don't think that was what it was called but it's got andy sandberg oh it. um that's um, that's palm springs palm springs it's a great the, movie palm springs great movie right as time loop and again it's set in our real world and so the aesthetic of it feels very familiar and i feel like um death loop managed to to be like yeah well you know what a death loop is you you get it we're not going to explain to you in too much detail what's happening you're going to die and you're going to reset it's going to be great but what they do straight away is throw at you like here are some tools that you haven't seen before so it's those in-game mechanics of the shift and the havoc and the nexus and then like the, the weaponry where it's like yeah they're guns but look this gun sticks together and becomes a different gun mm-hmm. hey it was that sort of stuff where they really like spiced it up and i was like oh it's very cool what i thought was really cool with that specifically as well uh because i was looking at some articles about this as well is a lot of those mechanics uh narrativized like in the plot as well Mm. so like uh so those like sci-fi um mechanics you have where like you can use blink that's in dishonored where you can teleport and shift around the map or you can uh use a use a um power that makes you go invisible you get these powers by killing visionaries that like uh, like the main npcs across the map you have these and you can take Mm. them off them and then you can use them in future loops so the Aether Slab, which is the invisible one, for example, you kill uh, the visionary who is very kind of anxious and shy and always wants to hide all the time. And so it makes sense that his power would be going invisible. Mm. Um, whereas I think, who has the, uh, the the teleporting slab? It's Charlie. Shift? It's Charlie, yeah. yeah Charlie's yeah. got shift. So he, he builds all, all the AI and the tech stuff and like make, and makes like all that fancy stuff happening. So he's shifting around and doing everything at once. So it would make sense that he yep. has that, that slab as well. And I thought like that that kind of writing for the mechanics is really cool. Yeah, it was very cool. It made me think about like I've seen um there's been a couple of other recent uh time loopy type games, and I, I have to admit I haven't actually played either of these yet. But for example, uh Returnal and Twelve Minutes both came out very recently as well, and are both similarly about time loops and, and death loops. And I kind of thought it's interesting that we picked Death Loop to go with boss level because you kind of think we we could have picked something like 12 minutes but it's not it doesn't have the same vibe whereas i don't i I don't know how to put my finger on it but death loop and boss level feel like spiritual cousins like they're both bombastic they're both big they're both action set pieces that's what it feels like it's funny too because looking at death loop um there's a lot of cinematic inspiration for it but in terms of like the the movies that I would say are related to Deathloop in that sense. I feel like boss level has doesn't have that same connection. It's more of like it's more of like the newer modern like action time loop connection rather than like because mm. like the movies I'm talking about here that um, are inspirations for Deathloop is like all of James Bond. Uh, mm. The main like aesthetic um, influence that I that they talked about was um, Point Blank from 1967, which I ended up yeah. which I ended up watching as well. That was actually a really good movie. Um, lots of 70s black exploitation, spy and assassin flicks, um, the 60s British um, spy series, The Avengers. Not not the new superhero stuff, but like the old school Avengers series. Yeah. Um, and lo- lo- lots of like Tarantino movies as well. 
Which and then he oh that's an interesting one yeah I wouldn't have thought about that until you said it so I like I think more more of Tarantino it's it's like um, Jackie Brown and mm. uh, oh there's another one and Kill Bill and stuff like it's it's not it's not like um, oh actually maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be quite relevant uh, but I wouldn't say like Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards mm. or or even Pulp Fiction but yeah Kill Bill and Jackie Brown for sure I could see that yeah definitely I feel like the um, the, the uh, uh, interestingly about both the the film and the game they both have really good soundtracks oh it's so good and i found maybe uh death loop i thought was going to get repetitive but it doesn't I'm, it's it's catchy enough that even when you hear that same you know the days over sound or it's a new day little little trill i'm still into it it still works you know, you know what death loop got me doing as well which i haven't done this for a video game in like a few years actually i think is I was making notes, like pen and paper notes, of being like, okay, what's my plan of attack? I've got to do this, and I've got to go here, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do like the like the Charlie Day and Always Sunny conspiracy theory board type thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where I was like, okay, so I've I've got to go to this part of the map in this time of day and do this. Then I've got to, and then once I've done that, I can go here to do this at that certain time. And it's just like, and actually like tracking that on my own notes rather than like trying to trying to like follow it in the mm. in game. Um, information was really satisfying. Do you know what? I'm I'm torn on this because the the huge nerd in me wants to do that same thing and wants to be like, right, I wrote all these notes, I tracked it. I part of me wanted Deathloop to have multiple solutions and you would have to figure out your own pattern to get everybody dead in the right way. But there and is it, only one solution, isn't there? It did irk me that there's only one correct way to finish Deathloop. Having said that, the other part of me says, I'm a you know, 33-year-old bloke with a full-time job. I ain't got time to be doing any of that shit. I would much rather the game say, right, if you start piecing these puzzle pieces together, we will put them on the board for you and you can look at it and yeah. go, oh, yeah. So that that actually did appeal to me, even though deep down the kid in me was like, I, I want that moment of having solved this puzzle and piecing it together and, and having my own unique solution. I don't have time for that anymore. You know, and it, it, it lends itself to being picked up and put down in brief chunks. You yeah. don't have to play Deathloop all the way through in one sitting. You you can you can play it for a couple of hours at a time without losing your place or, or having to then consult your notes about. Where I'd you're say at. like there are um, like side stuff in the game that you can do that with, like not the main plot, but like there's, for example, I think in Carl's Bay there's that Holoquin mannequin that you can like rep- like find parts for and fix, but you can only get certain parts for it in certain parts of the map in certain times of day so you've got to like make sure you do things at the right time so like that's not like you can you can totally ignore that and finish the game and you'd be fine but you can also like because there's, there's, a, there's a lot of those like hidden puzzles around the environment of the game that you can find and, and discover which aren't necessary but if you get them done and you yeah. complete them they're so satisfying no I think maybe that's the thing maybe that's the, the the bit that I loved was that like the main narrative I didn't have to strain my brain to figure out I could I could just play and let the game guide me and that worked really well but but the fact that there are little pieces like that where if i wanted to i could spend five hours trying to solve the mystery of the safe in yep. the cave and and you know it would be relatively satisfying i didn't to do end that. up solving that one um but i, I want to go back to i want to go back to it and see if i can though well now i'm not going to tell you what's in the safe because uh you should definitely <laughs> solve it it's worth solving it's very interesting that, i think that and um you know, I think that's yeah. That's probably what sets it out is that some time loop games or the the time loop style of game, when you finish it, you sort of go, 
well, I've, I've beaten it now. I've done the time loop. I've, I know how to do it. And so they, they lack replayability. In the same way that something like Boss Level or um, other time loop films, you finish watching them and you kind of go, well, now I've, I've mm. seen it. I don't need, there's nothing else to glean from that. It's not a movie that you would tend to rewatch um, because it is, of course, in and of itself so repetitive. It's funny. I've... However, Deathloop doesn't have that problem. I want to go back and play it, even though I've finished the main story. I, there's other stuff I want to do. The multiplayer was a huge part of that. Being able to have to to either be invaded by other players or to do the invading means that like if I didn't even if I finish the story and I'm like oh yeah that's fun, the actual gameplay loop is so mm. much fun that I am happy to just mm-hmm. do that. You know I don't need the uh, the story mechanic to keep me engaged in the gameplay. It was funny. There was a couple of times when I noticed that you were playing Deathloop on Steam because I know you you can uh, specifically invade your friends' games. So I, I tried to see if I, could, if I could invade yours, but I think every time I tried, it either weren't available or didn't connect. Yeah. So what I would do is I would I, I had uh, the when I first started playing, I kept getting invaded during moments because I'm one of those players where like I love I love story based RPGs and things. So I will spend two hours wandering around the map, reading yep. all the documents and listening to all the audio diaries and just mucking around. And I kept getting invaded at the most inopportune <laughs> yeah. times where I'm just standing in a room trying to read stuff, and I'd be like, ah. Oh, now I've got to have a fight. So I turned off the uh, the invasion mechanic and set it to single player for like most I of my playthrough. I kept it to friends only for most of mine. I, um... Oh, see, I didn't realize you could do mm. friends only. I thought it was like either on or off. So I was like single player only. But I should I should have left it open. I ended up doing a bunch of multiplayer uh, as I was wrapping up the story. I was like, okay, I know what's going on now. I understand, you know, I've read everything I think I could read. Let's do it. And I ended up having... And absolutely I think what, I think what I did too. So I had it for friends only mode for most of it, and like towards the end as well, I, I put it to online. And the first time I put it to online and started a new map, immediately I got invaded. Um, and then like very soon, I I had not seen them at all. They just stabbed me in the back and killed me immediately. And then and then like and then <laughs> I um I came back because you have three lives in the game and just like ran towards them and blasted them with a shotgun and killed them. Yeah that's that's the trick you know there's like it's it's not as simple as um say like the dark souls games where you can do an invasion and kill someone and like that's the end of it like you kill somebody and then they can come back like you have to do it a few times in order to actually mm. win so there's there's like the added challenge and i thought it was fascinating that even even on that meta micro level of you invading someone else's game you now have your own mini death loop yep. you're going to kill them they're going to loop back and try again and i just i find that so endlessly fascinating that it seems like such a cop-out conceit in gaming to be like oh you died start again because like every game has some sort of checkpoint mechanic now but in this game it's literally part of the game you know and and that makes it so much more enjoyable to be like yes i killed them they're back but i'm actually on board with that mechanic instead of being like oh not again i mean you know i found it really interesting i really like to that in that sense too when you open up the game it kind of gives you the option because like the main story in the single player is you playing as Colt trying to break the loop. But if you want to, you can play as Juliana and protect the loop. And this brings me to kind of another point I wanted to talk about. Because in a lot of time loop movies or shows and games and stuff, it's not often where um, there's more than one person stuck in the time loop with you. Palm Springs does it with the two of them, mm. um, but it's, it, it does it in like a rom-com sense. In in Death Loop specifically, is like there's you and eight other people or seven other people who were consciously like sharing that time loop day to day with, with memories and all kind of stuff. And they all want to actually stay there and like live the rest of their lives and have a good time. Whereas you're like, no, this is actually horrible. I need to work out how to stop this. 
That's what's interesting to me is I, as far as I'm aware, only Juliana and uh, oh god, I forgot his name, Colt, Colt. Only Juliana and Colt are aware that they're. Oh, that's right. The provisionaries. Everybody else thinks it's day one. Yeah. They know they're in a time loop, but they think it's the first day of the time loop. They they're they're not retaining their memories because you meet um the computer if you play through Charlie's thing to kill Charlie and you you find his computer it's called two bit and it's a part of Charlie's brain two bit remembers two bit knows that it's in a time loop and it remembers previous loops and it's a kind of a weird gameplay conceit and it doesn't really explain why two bit remembers but nobody else does that was the only thing I wasn't clear on in all of my digging through the lore does it explain why you and Chiliana remember no that's what I mean it it seems to have come about because of uh, the brutal murdering of one another in that um I think it's Juliana says in um, in some expositionary dialogue, she actually sort of points out that she had to brutally murder you in order to get you to remember things about being in a loop. So I think it's either that you you have to be brutally murdered or do some brutal murdering in order to start to remember. Because when when the game starts, of course, Colt isn't isn't aware of what's going on either. He's learning for the first time, and then of course we discover it's not the first time. Colt's been on a murderous rampage many times, yeah. but seems to have some sort of amnesia. So I don't think we get a, a literal explanation as to what instigates the memory function, but there is clearly a way to kick it off, and it's just that the other visionaries never do. Well, it's also because you come across other versions of yourself. I think most of which are, seem to be younger than you, but a couple of them also seem to be older than you, where you've clearly been doing this before and have tracked and progressed information before, but then you've forgotten as well and have to, have to had to restart mem- uh, remember, remembering things again um, so it's interesting seeing that and then um, it makes me think too if Juliana had the same thing if she just remembers everything from the get go mm. this is this is the uh, where it starts to get a little bit dark you remember I mentioned at the beginning where like if you dig into the lore you start finding that there's really dark stuff going on here it appears if you read through it that Colt was originally on the island in like the 19, mm-hmm. 1917 or 1912 or somewhere thereabouts. So he is significantly older apparently than he looks. And it's because uh, when he broke the loop the first time, he went into the future and ends up in the 60s and discovers that he has a daughter. And that's why Julianne is roughly the same age as him. It's because of his massive time jump. So there's this theory that like maybe that's why his memory is kind of broken because he's jumping back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't actually properly realize that, uh, with Colt volunteering for that rocket test, he actually like jumped into the future to the sixties. Well, what seems to be the case is that he didn't just, he didn't like get in the rocket and jump in forward in time. He, he, the experiment is what traps him in the time loop in the first place. So he's been in two different time loops. He's in the time loop for the military and when he finally breaks out of it, he ends up in the future in a mental institution because, of course, he rocks up and he's crazy because he's like, I'm in a time loop. So they put him in a mental hospital and that's where Igor finds him and they pulls him out and they form Eon and go back to the island. Ah, and he ends up in a right. second time loop. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, of course, that's one of the main conceits of Deathloop. Actually, similarly to boss level, hey, maybe we, maybe we knew in advance. We definitely didn't. We had no idea that this was the case. But in both Deathloop and boss level, the time loop is intentional. It, it, it is instigated intentionally by someone activating it. It's not like a um, an otherworldly, it came from God, accidental black hole type time loop. Yep. It's like, no, science figured out how to do it and did it intentionally to start for, for a reason to have the time loop. Yeah, it's so cool. We've, um, maybe that's it. We've, we, the idea as a society of like 
we're so afraid of death or we're so afraid of um, it all kind of being meaningless uh, that we need some sort of uh, uh, eternal life. And that's, you know, in Deathloop, you get the Eternalists. They're aware that they're in a time loop. They just aren't aware that it's day 7,000. They, they are all under the impression that it's day one. And so you sort of, you know, they're, they're there to escape death and they have. Yeah. They are successfully immortal. They've done it. The but problem, they, but of they're also is unaware of it. It's a, yeah, it's the monkey's paw of you can live forever, but you have to repeat the same day over and over and over again with no idea that you're doing it. That's a curse, right? But they don't know that. So in, in the loop that they have successfully instigated, they win. They get to live forever. And then you sort of realize maybe that's Juliana is trying to stop Colt, not out of spite, but because, you know, Colt's the only one out of eight, nine people who is trying to break a loop that they all collectively decided they were going to start together. Yeah. I was wondering too, so um, through the loops, this Colt age, because like you find other versions of him that seem older or younger. It's unclear. I, I don't think he does because even those versions, it's a lot of it is done through coloring and costume. So it's unclear whether he's actually older or younger. There was the one exception to that when he gets to, if you go to the Horizon base in Carl's Bay, that cult is clearly younger. Yep. Because uh, uh, at that point, he's talking about Juliana being a daughter. Which yeah, and he's, yeah. For, exactly. me, for me, that that reveal was great because I, I was not guessing that that was going to be what it was. Um, and that, no, I, and I figured there was going to be a twist, but that I was, yeah, I was shocked. That was interesting. And I did, I did that Juliana kind of mission line last. Like I did all the other visionaries first, and then I finished up with with Juliana. And so having that reveal towards the end of the plot for me was great. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I think it worked really well. That I, I, again, maybe it's that interesting thing of um, there's some subtext here in both boss level and death loop, which is about generational life right the idea that like living forever through a um uh uh through what you leave behind so in boss level frank grillo's character whose whose name escapes me now but his his you know he doesn't have um a great relationship with his kid Mm. to the point where the kid in the film doesn't know that it's it's his dad there's a strong implication that he suspects it but he's he never actually says it and so it's almost like he finally becomes happy that he can solve the loop, the death loop, if you will, uh, by sacrificing himself because it's okay because it means that his his you know partner and his kid are going to live on, and it sort of feels similar in death loop, but of course, major major spoilers when you do finally break the death loop, both you and Juliana survive. But it's almost like he yeah. realizes that in order to break the death loop, all the visionaries, including himself have to die which implies all the other visionaries would have survived as well yeah exactly it seems like it resets to the beginning of that day but now it's in real time you know the island's all messed up and i, I think it's and the sky was all though different. yeah the sky's all broken and shit like like yeah. whatever causes the anomaly is yeah there's the big theory online at the moment is it's to do with um dishonored's uh dlc for dishonored 2 death of the outsider and the idea is that like magic is broken at the end of that game, like huge spoilers for Dishonored Death of the Outsider, sorry. Sure, that's um, fine. Yeah, there's like, uh, uh, basically you kill the Outsider and magic is broken now throughout the whole world of Dishonored. Ah, very cool. And so it's kind of like whatever whatever the ramifications of that are are what causes the anomaly that this Deathloop Island is set on, Black Reef. And so 
they've been in this death loop potentially for hundreds and hundreds of years. So the, the reigning theory online is that when you finish Deathloop and you exit out into the world again, it's now 200 years or so in the future from when you entered the Deathloop in the oh, 1960s. That, oh, that would be really cool, actually. So it's like, you know, the oceans are all messed up, the sky's all buggered. Like, the rest did the rest of the world continue? What have they done? So it's like, if the game begins in 1960-something or other, the game ends in the year 2263 or something like that. And so I, I found it really interesting that, like, again this subtext of time loops being about escaping death and about trying to live forever and it's like the rest of the world is moving on around you yeah so even when you do successfully get out of it what what have you actually achieved you've moved forward in time sure but did you succeed in anything like you and it's like okay maybe not in death loop juliana lives and both and colt lives as well so they both survive but she nearly kills him and then she disappears at the end she shifts away where does she go? Well, is that a victory for Colt or is that a Pyrrhic victory? Did he actually lose and he was better off staying in the death loop with his daughter, which is an alternate ending. Yeah, I went I went back and redid the final day and stayed in the loop. And mm. to me, that actually seemed like the happy ending because you just decide to keep living and, and having a good time with your daughter and right? living out the rest of your days. That feels like the best ending is to stay in the loop with your daughter. Because there's also points too, like when you're when you're playing through and like Holt is trying to remember things and being like, you know, one of the, one of the visionaries that you have to kill, his name is Frank, and he's like, oh man, like Frank was like better than the others. We were really good friends. I feel bad about killing him, and he's also having things like, why am I trying to break the loop? Like he's actually not yeah. quite sure, but he knows that this is what he has set out to do, which I thought was really interesting. Like he's he's not hundred percent sure, but he knows that his old version was mm. sure in this and that was enough for him to keep going yeah actually that's a good point he very early in the game it becomes clear that you're trying to break the loop whereas boss level he's not trying to break the loop at first he's just trying to not die mm. and it, it, it's not even clear to him that but by not dying that will break the loop he doesn't know because he never makes it past a certain time so for him he's more in a groundhog situation of like I don't understand how I got here and I don't understand how to get out so I'm just going to try not to die. And then, of course, he does manage to not die and the world still ends. And that's when he realizes, oh, hang on a minute. I'm looping because I'm supposed to stop the world from ending. I get it now. Whereas, yeah, Deathloop doesn't have that. Deathloop doesn't have a, like, you have to survive in order to do whatever. You can totally stay in the Deathloop forever. Was, if, that, if that's what tickles your fancy, do it. In boss level, was it specifically to stop the world from ending? Because I don't think it was. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it was, it was. I thought that, I thought that was a side effect of, of the time loop continuing on and on. But the reason his wife put him in there was to stop uh, her bosses and from doing all that and also to save her and the kid. Yeah, but the, the, the bigger version is to save the world. Yeah. By stopping the machine, he saves the world. Okay. Because um, the idea was that um, it was going... Whatever the, the boss guy was doing was going to destroy the planet right it's going to destroy everything and so the loop itself causes the destruction but it but she needed a way to make him understand that that had to be prevented and the only way to do that was to trap him in the loop yep okay that makes sense with um with death loop too another another thing that i thought could be really interesting hopefully they might do this as a dlc or something but because it's uh confined specifically to the island as like the rest of the world time moves forward um, it'd be cool to see if, like someone like stumbles across the island kind of maybe in a Bermuda Triangle situation and it's an outsider coming in and joining the death loop or the time loop and like what effects does that have yeah 
That'd be cool. That's one thing that's not made clear is like what happens if somebody from the outside stumbles across the island? Does it appear as though the island is is just doing that loop and you can see it? Or is it like the minute you step on the island, you're now part of the loop? Like it wasn't, it's not clear if it's like, is it just that being on the island makes you part of the loop? Or did you have to be there the day that they flipped the switch to start the loop? Maybe you might not even be able to see the island too. Because like the, the time wheel is creating that kind of like rift thing yeah that exactly, it, yeah. that covers the entire island which we don't know what it looks like from the other side of it so maybe the island just looks like it's not there yeah i would love to see some dlc on that and i would love to see some dlc of uh colt's original breakout in like 1917 mm-hmm. so it's the military experiment and he has to break out of the loop that would make for some great dlc yeah i love to uh the exchange that juliana and colt would have sometimes being like uh all the other visionaries there are important and were chosen for some reason Colt was just the test subject. Yeah, that, that's that's the but, only but reason he was he because to be he, there. yeah he he was like he's been to the island before he knows how the time loop works. That's it. But it's like why why does he know that? Because he was an experiment. It's not because he's uh, well. They do go into like him being a literal genius at one point, but then it's like is he actually just because he came up with the uh, was it the PPL what? or the LPP the Loop Preservation Program? Oh, that's right. And it, so it's like is he actually a genius for having come up with that, or is that just really sensible? Like, could any head of security have been like, well, if the loop is based on their seven visionaries, we better keep them alive. I, feel, I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a sensible head of security thing. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting, the idea that, like, um, the the person who is actually you're, you're playing as is almost inconsequential. Because, like, yeah. his death doesn't, doesn't matter. He just loops again. But it's not like there's an experiment he's supposed to be doing or, you know, some cancer he's trying to cure. He's there to keep the other guys alive. That's it. That's his whole job. Wait, that, that's what we think too. So you said the uh, the other visionaries probably don't remember each day, but I think some of them might because Wenji, the scientist... Wenji's the only one who figures it out, but she doesn't know. She she starts to cotton on to the fact that she's experiencing multiple days, but she doesn't know how to retain information. So that's why they have the residuum mechanic. That's right. She's, she invents that. Yeah, because she has like her other versions of herself too. And then I think her and... I think Igor must must remember as well because they were both like when she cracked it on day seven, the the thing that she was looking at, and Igor was doing something and cracked something by like day thirty or whatever. Well, that no, it's interesting. Igor Igor doesn't know, and it, we we know this because if you don't fuck up his experiment, he if you visit the oh, complex, yeah, he's having the same after he solved it. He's like, I did it, I solved it, and it's only on day one. I only needed one stupid day on this fucking island. He makes a big song and dance about it, and you're like, yeah, well done, idiot. <laughs> Whereas no, Wenji, Wenji's the only one who she she doesn't retain memories enough to do anything useful with it, but she is aware that it's been more than one day. She knows it's not day one anymore. She just doesn't know what day it is. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It was really cool having that moment too when like you're going for Wenji for the first time, and and for me this is this is how it happened. And I went into that first room and saw two of them. I'm like, oh okay, so like there's something happening here. She's worked out how to like communicate with the other versions of herself and then they go into the complex and it's like 10 wenjis and you have to kill all of yeah. them i'm like oh my god this is so cool that was a, that's a great little bit of level design too is that it's sort of when when you start trying to hunt down the wenjis and you can hear them and they have like a unique character model yeah so you can't confuse them for the other enemies and so you walk around a corner it's like another wenji and you're like oh my god another one i thought it was really well done i loved it so much um I was up too, so like the game 
was kind of marketed and sold as like this is an action time loop game, but it, mm. it really is much more focused on uh, like the plot being the underlying thing. But it's also more of a puzzle game than it is a shooter, because again, yeah, you're going through all, you're going through all the different environments, working all the different things out, and being like, I need to do this at this time, and all that. Because I th- I think I saw in some reviews for the game too, they were kind of disappointed that the AI was a bit dumb. And you could shoot people and then just run away and, and they'd lose you. But, like, that's not the point of the game. Yeah. The point of the game is you can make mistakes and go around and then, like, figure it out, which I thought which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, a bunch of times I died doing just stupid shit. And I, it, it's, an, it's, a, it's an interesting mechanic because uh, in a game like Dishonored, I, I wanted to run around and be stealthy and be sneaky and I would fall off a cliff and I would be so frustrated because I'd be like, oh, my God, I have to do all of that bullshit again. Ugh, yeah, most of the with most of the times I would die. It doesn't matter. You fall off the cliff and you're like, ah, oh, well, have another go there. Don't go that way. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that you have three lives in each segment because, like, nine times out of the, out of ten, I'd lose two lives just by falling into water. Yeah, I actually read. Um, again, this is like a Reddit thread, so like, it's probably not true. But I read on there that the developers added that at a late stage uh, because originally you were going to be able to swap that that slab out. The, um, for something else yeah, you could pick three the UI and they, kinda, they changed it because the game becomes so much more enjoyable knowing that you have backup lives and so they just decided to keep it they're like right just give it to everybody and it would have been like play tests early on everybody just ended up always having that on their character because of how much better it made the game so they were like alright just make it default you gotta have it yeah same with the double jump where like it, the double jump is always there when you start the game so every loop, so you never have to infuse it because you always start with it. And I found that really interesting. It's a free bit of residuum that you can you can get rid of every time. But again, it feels like they added that because they were like every like ninety nine percent of players play with the double jump activated. It would be a pain in the ass if you couldn't just have it every time. You know, it's funny because I must have like immediately forgot that I had double jump because there were, there were lots of times I was w- going around the area and like there's stuff on like the roof of a building where like I'm clearly meant to be able to get up there and it's before I had any of the other powers like teleporting and stuff mm. and so I'm trying to climb and climb up there and not get in there I'm like it's right there like and there's stuff that I can clearly like would be within arm's reach and like I just I, I just needed to jump again and I would have been fine I think yeah, I think it was like yeah. halfway through my game I was like oh fuck I have double jump that's right yeah it's because it's, it's one of the if not the first thing other than the gun that you pick up and so like if you're if you're it's a lot of information overload right at the beginning yeah and so you can easily skip over it. Actually, that's an interesting point. Both Deathloop and Boss Level have a massive info dump early on to try to like get you on board as quickly as possible. I feel like a lot of so like I feel like a lot of time loop stuff do. I mean, it, like for a game at least, does that because it knows you're going to be coming back again and again and again. Yeah, exactly. So kind of there's they don't they don't bother. Uh, what's the word? Pacing you through the intro. Yeah, they're like. Just go because you're going to die and it's going to be fine because you'll figure out what's going on very quickly. Boss level has a very similar, like it opens on a gigantic action sequence, but he's already in the time loop. We don't have to see him wake up for the first time in the time loop. Instead, we get to see him wake up on like iteration 60 or whatever. And he's already figured out the first couple of hours. And so it's like that same idea of, um, you know what a time loop is. You've seen these movies. You understand this mechanic as a player and a viewer. We don't have to explain it to you. You get it. Instead, what we have to explain is the specific mechanics of this time loop. Yeah, so that's another interesting point, right? So if you think about Groundhog Day being like the first time loop movie, 
they would they probably wouldn't even have the the word time loop when they made that movie, right? So they're really establishing it and introducing this as a sci-fi concept to you. Whereas by now in 2021, with all this, like there's been a lot of time loop stuff come out recently because it's it's almost a whole genre in itself now where everyone already understands what it is and the mechanics behind it. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think what what the first one actually was. I don't think it would have been Groundhog Day. There's definitely there's got to be a more well, more a, a more recent. There's got to be an older one. So when did Groundhog I mean, Day come out? Look. Wasn't it like <clears throat> the 80s? Groundhog Day was like early 90s. 90s. Here we go. I've looked it up. Okay. Okay. So the very first uh, one is listed as the girl who leapt through time from 1983. And it's based on a 1965 novel of the same name. Interesting. So it's about a Japanese schoolgirl who accidentally gains the ability to time travel. And uh, she experiments with and attempts to alter past events, which leads her on a journey through multiple time loops. So arguable, if that is in fact a time loop movie, she ends up in a time loop, but she can time travel. Does it say what that specific time loop looks like in that? Like, is it a day repeating or... Nah, let me let me uh, let me open up that Wikipedia page. Let's have a look here. Because I feel like time travel movies are very different to time loop movies, right? Mm. Um, like I'm looking at some of those. Like uh, Happy Death Day would be a good one because like it's it's that like slasher killer horror movie, but like you're mm. you're painting the same day and you're dying every time the killer kills you. Edge of Tomorrow was another really good one. That one actually mm. wasn't specifically. Um, the it it ends when the day ends. It just ends when you die, because it was all about like yeah. it was all about the blood that's in you. So this is interesting. Okay, yeah. So so the the book and the film of the girl who leapt through time, she gains the ability to time travel, but then misusing that power leads her to end up in a time loop of the same day. Interesting. So that that might be the first the first version. There's there must be a uh, a book that's earlier than that. Surely. Because that book is from 1965. I have to imagine some of our, our more uh, intrepid early sci-fi authors uh, would have done that. Let me see if I can look up books featuring time loops. That sounds like a cool book, though. I might check it out. Another movie, actually, that this makes me think of that I watched a couple months ago, which I loved, was The Endless. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, it's like di- different characters within, like, within like this... Um, I don't know how you describe the era. It's like American forest, but it's also like valleys and stuff. But they they are all trapped in like their own little confined time loops that these otherworldly figures have like confined them into. So like you'll have one character that's stuck in like a five second loop where he's just constantly mm. trying to get out and he dies at the end of it. Whereas like another character will be like in a time loop that lasts a day another one will be in a week and then I think the, the the main characters that we follow for the plot of the movie the time loop is actually like a month or two because they're going through this entire thing and then it's revealed at the end that that was this one iteration of the loop and they're going to do the entire thing all over again mm. it's a oh it's such a good movie I loved it this is really interesting okay so an er, this okay it's listed on Wikipedia as an early example it doesn't say it's the first example but it seems to be the earliest known confirmed example is a short story called doubled and redoubled by malcolm jamison and it's from 1941 interesting so that that might be the first if it's not actually the first it's it's the earliest that we are generally familiar with but that's that's an example of a person accidentally getting cursed to repeat a perfect day 
which includes a lucky bet, a promotion, a heroically foiled bank robbery, huh. and a successful wedding proposal. So they have this idea that like it it by being stuck in the loop, they get to then perfect that day to be exactly the way they need it to be. I like that wording too of like it's a curse. You can have your perfect day, mm. but you can't go past that. Yeah, exactly. that's really cool. So that's it's it's interesting. That this has been with us for so long, and yet we are seeing definitely a resurgence in popularity of time loops i mean like i said there's been three games within the last two months i mean that are what, what do you think what, what do you think is part of the reason for that because like like looking thinking about that kind of thing too there's a lot of like specific subgenres that are coming out now or like a, a much more trendy now that people immediately like sign on and understand it mm. and know what it is like one example i can think of is spider-man into the spider-verse where it's like okay this is a multiverse movie and it assumes the audience knows the concept and understanding of what the multiverse is. Because they, they very briefly explain it in the movie but they, they don't like focus on it for too long. Because I watched that movie with my parents and I did not get it at all. But I loved it. <laughs> so like, maybe, audi- maybe like audiences in general are becoming more used to like in-depth concepts like this. I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, we're seeing more um, more films, not not necessarily about time loops, but there's more media getting made that's about these sort of heavy, hard to wrap your head around subjects. Mm. I mean, the really obvious ones are, um, you know, we see a lot more of this stuff happening in the resurgence of the Twilight Zone TV show mm-hmm. uh, in Black Mirror. I can't recall if Black Mirror has done a specific time loop, but I feel like they might have. Well, I mean, they, they um, are not... I mean, you could argue Bandersnatch is a time loop. Kind of, yeah. I know I know Twilight Zone did one recently. It was quite good. But yeah, you've got stuff like that. And then you've got, you know, films coming up that, that tackle these sort of crazy subjects. Not necessarily time loops, but certainly imagine, you know, films like Tenet. Trying to pitch Tenet 20 years ago, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Now people are like, I still don't get it, but I can watch it and kind of try to get it. So like audiences are becoming more open to this type of mechanic. Maybe, maybe that's why we're seeing it in games too. Having three games this year all based around time loops there's something zeitgeisty about that yeah you know maybe that's where we get into this more philosophical side of like uh we we talk about this as filmmakers you and i have talked about this many times the the zeitgeist the spirit of the times and when you're trying to make a film and and a game for that matter it's really hard to tap into the zeitgeist because of how long a production takes so like right now i can look at what's in the news today and go right i get the zeitgeist right now but when you're making media you're actually trying to predict the zeitgeist, which is what's happened here. So you get boss level, you've got Returnal, you've got Deathloop, you've got 12 minutes, you've probably got like another couple of time loopy films, Palm Springs, for example, yep. all within a two-year period, but they've all been in development for like five years. So like five years ago, there was something that happened that made multiple people around the world go, I'm going to tell a story about a time Well, loop. you know what else? Who could predict that? You know what else is really interesting about that, which no one would have been able to predict? more than two years ago too is this is all coming out at the moment while everyone's in lockdown so yeah which is what i'm saying like you can't possibly have predicted that and if i tried to do a time loop thing now it's coming off the back of all that stuff and it's it's like okay i can see what instigated that but by the time it comes out in two three years I, i mean god i hope we're not still in lockdown we're not still repeating this so then does it still land the same you know what I mean? Or have mm-hmm. I missed the zeitgeist? Because I, it's like the idea of like, if you do a vampire film, yeah. if I tried to make a vampire film in the year that True Blood came out, 
it would not be successful. When did Trueblood come and out? And it's because... I can't even remember when Trueblood came it, out. Was yeah, it? A few years. I'm trying to think. It went for, what, three or four seasons? Before or after Twilight? It was definitely after Twilight. Okay. But it was, like, during that same period, which is what I'm getting at, is that, like, that means that the Twilight films and Trueblood were in development at the same time. Yeah. Right? And because they're both based on books, the books were written at the same time because they came out around the same time. So there's a zeitgeisty thing there where something was happening in the world around that time that made them go, vampires are hot right now, or they're going to be hot in two years. Let's do it. Zombies were massive for a brief period yeah, of time, I was, but they're not really anymore. I was going to, uh, specifically with zombies, I was going to talk about with that point is like, because there's a lot of trends in genres that everyone will eat up in like, mm. from like 2008, to like 2012 2013 zombies were huge and then like twilight was happening so vampires were huge pretty recently like past few years true crime has been like the the big thing that everyone loves to binge um and i think at the moment if you don't want to say time loop because like time loop seems to be a pretty big thing at the moment but the other one is like um battle royale games to the death genre like squid like Mm. squid game just came out on netflix and there's been which yeah and it's like okay they're capitalizing on something that's happening now but you have to realize squid game must have been made yeah like they started making that last year there's no yeah, way yeah. that they made that two months ago so there's like there's like a, a there's a movement or a, or a progression that happens where we go okay time loops are happening right now there's four or five things about time loops time loops are in our mass consciousness as a society but if i were to start making a time loop film today it wouldn't come out for another three years. Mm. So I would miss that boat. I would have missed it. So like, what what did I not find? What did I not pick up on three years ago that would have had me in the same boat right now where I could be like, yes, my time loop film has come out. So it's really hard to latch onto that zeitgeist. Well, and it's this idea that like, we, we don't know what it is. Right now, there's 20 films in development that feel the same. They're all about something very similar, mm. but they're not going to come out for a good couple of years. And I don't know what that is. I'm not involved in those meetings. I couldn't tell you for sure. But in about three years' time, we're going to get a whole slew of films that were made during lockdown, during the pandemic, and they're going to feel similar because they are, because the the people making them were all feeling the same thing. But unless you can nail what that thing is, you can't you can't jump on that bandwagon. It'll be too and late. Like that, that's a really interesting point too, because like studio execs and writers and producers and directors are all like trying to think of like what's going to be big three years from now. And like, well, this is where you can get your tinfoil hat on and be like, Hollywood executives get to decide what's in the zeitgeist. They don't try to predict it; they just make it. You know, that's when you're the news well, maker. To be honest, like some of the big studios can do that. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, yeah. percent. They they can just sit there and go, right, 2023 is going to be the year of the werewolf. We've decided that. There's six films in God, production want, about werewolves. That's what I want doing. werewolves to come back so much. I think in terms of like, what I mean, there's a TV show coming out shortly. Um, what's that TV show? It's the spin-off of what we do in the shadows, which is a spin-off of. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Wait, th- th- yeah. that TV show's already out, isn't it? It's like two or three seasons of it. No, no, that's that's the different spin-off, which is the police uh, procedural one, uh, Wellington PD or whatever it's called, Wellington Paranormal. There's a new TV show which is called uh, Werewolves, Not Swearwolves. I I thought that was a new one coming out. I thought what we do in the shadows, the TV series adaptation, already had like two seasons of it. Yeah, it's up to two or three seasons. Oh, okay. So there's 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 the film. The first spin-off was what we do in the shadows. Oh, you're talking about there's another werewolves, spin-off coming about the werewolves, yep. and it's called Werewolves Not Swearwolves. Yeah, very cool. It's either a TV show or a film. I can't remember which, but it's on. The I way. know too because um, I watched the trailer for it a while ago. There's uh, 
werewolves within a, a movie coming out that's based the oh, base, yeah. that's based yeah. off See, the werewolves Ubisoft game it's this year and next year yeah and yeah. that movie that movie looks like it's going to be so much fun it's going to be so cool I have seen it and it is it You've is seen quite it? fun. It's very it's it's quite How'd good. You see it? I'll tell you that. Was yeah. it at like a festival or something? Uh it must have been. I'm trying to think now. It wasn't Myth. Although I did see did I see a werewolf film at Myth? No, I didn't. I saw a different I saw I saw a New Zealand film and it made me think of werewolves. Werewolves were then but, uh I saw Coming Home in the Dark in It comes out no, this year. I can't remember yeah. where I saw it. Um but it's definitely out. Oh, or, you can, or it's coming okay, shortly. you can watch it on YouTube. I may have seen a preview screen out, behind then. on it then. Yeah, there you go. I just just keep in mind that like our cinemas in Australia have been shut for like a year. It probably was meant to come out yeah. in cinemas here, and it just hasn't. Um, it was also interesting too. So like on that uh, genres that trend thing, like as soon as Charles Manson died, there were like three big things that came out featuring him. Like Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood came out, which has him in it. The same actor who played Manson in that played Manson in the new season of Mindhunter. And then I, th- I think there was also yep. a movie where Matt Smith played Charles Manson. Yes, like- yes. It's, it is interesting because that's, that's when you can predict the zeitgeist, right? So all of those projects were in development at roughly the same time, but for different reasons. And they all happened to be timed perfectly, right? So it's stuff like that where you can kind of go, okay, for example, here's, here's a massive thing that you're all going to figure out and go, oh, I heard CJ predict that. He must be a genius. <laughs> Not a genius. It's just math, right? Next year, no, sorry, 2023, February specifically, is the 20-year anniversary of the of the coalition announcing war in Iraq. You're going to see multiple TV shows and films specifically about the war in Iraq come out in 2023. And I can tell you one now, I'm going to give a shameless plug. I am developing a feature film about Ooh. that exact thing. I can't promise it's going to get made. We're still trying to raise the funding for it, but... I am not the only person having those discussions. And so this is one of those moments where I am in the Zeitgeist meetings. I have been in meetings with multiple distributors who have said, oh yeah, we've got another project similar to that. There are other people. And it's like, we're all thinking the same thing. The anniversary is coming up. So sometimes you can predict the Zeitgeist, but when it comes to things like time loops, why are time loops happening this year? There's no way two to three years ago, they could have predicted that everybody would be stuck in their yeah. house reliving the same day over and over again. Suddenly time loops become topical. Well, here's yet, a, so here's here another thing, about, like thinking about time loops. Um, so movies coming out with like time loop as its main genre or its main um, attention grabbing point, right? Good in theory, but when everything coming out is a time loop movie, what more is it going to have that's going to make people like choose your time loop movie over the other time loop movies do you reckon like and this doesn't have to specifically be time loop movies but do you reckon that's also a thing where like you're looking at a genre of a movie but it needs something more than just that genre for it to be interesting enough for someone to watch it so like these days definitely yeah yeah because we've seen Groundhog Day we've seen all these other things yeah no it has to have something so what's, like there was a there was a South Korean zombie movie I watched a couple of weeks ago called Zombie for Sale, and it's a zom rom com, right? And we've actually had a, a, a few of those before, right? Um, but it, it it was it was so like light hearted and refreshing, and it, it and like all the it was it was about like a South Korean family who are scam artists, and I come about they they come across like um, the first zombie. Uh, and the, the premise for the for the movie is, if if the zombie bites you, you your age goes backwards, so it becomes like a fountain a fountain of youth. Ooh. So they capitalize on this, 
trap the zombie and start selling zombie bites to everyone in the village and everyone lines up and starts giving them money and then the delayed effect like a few weeks later is everyone turns into a zombie and it, and like yeah it's a great it's hook. A good hook and yeah. it, it's the movie's hilarious and it's so much fun and by the end of it too actually um spoilers they cure the zombie virus and bring everyone back so like so not uh, yeah, like it's go. high stakes but then like it's a nice resolution too so it's actually like, like a good family movie in a way as well so I mean, there's, yeah, a, there's, a, there's a few takes on top of like just the zombie thing there right it's the rom-com it's the yeah um, yeah play on on like how the zombie infection works and then it's also like how is it playing with the with the characters being like this is a scam artist family of course they find this they're going to exploit it and then they're the reason the zombie outbreak happens yeah i mean well it works you, you you're quite right you have to have something extra palm springs has the same thing right it's a time loop yep. but it's a rom-com time loop you know it's you know we've seen comedy time loops and i've seen maybe romance time loops but i haven't seen a rom-com time loop now i have right so if you were trying to pitch me a rom-com time loop i'm immediately going to ask you why it's different than yeah. palm springs because that's the new you point know, of reference boss level has a similar issue of being like it's an action time loop and I, my brain goes okay why is it different from the various other actiony time loopy films i've seen and the answer is because it's not intentional he didn't start the loop he's trapped in it he doesn't know why he's in it um or that the real hook for that movie is that there's a bunch of assassins trying to kill him and you're like oh great okay so thus it, it feels video gamey and so they really lean into that that's with all the CRT monitors and he visits an arcade they really tie it into it feels like a video game and like that's the hook right it works it's really interesting to kind of go okay if I'm gonna think of time loop films what would I do differently that's mm. so hard to nail and so it's almost like um, you'd have to backtrack it a little bit to try to predict it and go did something come out three or four or five years ago that had a time loop centric focus and that either didn't work or it worked, but in a very different way. Did it, did all of the people who made things like death loop and Returnal and 12 minutes and blah, did they all see this thing or read this book or read this article in the New Yorker or whatever and go away and go, I have an idea for a time loop and I can, do, and so they've got their own unique hook. And that maybe that's where we start seeing these trends coming from, but it's so hard to look back. You know, another thing that from. I thought would be interesting too, right? So I was thinking about this specifically with death loop. It would have been cool to see it with bo- with boss level two because of like the the time machine causes the end of the world. But have you seen? I'm I'm mm. blanking on the name of the series, but there's the, the Natasha Leone Netflix series where she's stuck in the repeating day. Russian Doll, yeah. Oh, Russian Doll. And one 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 of the things they do um, in that show, which is I haven't seen done in many other time loop things, is as the loops go on more and more and more, the world and the characters are like. Uh, deteriorating and falling apart and by by like mm. the one of the last loops in the in the season like all the food is rotten most of the most of the characters who aren't stuck in a loop uh like cease to exist and the world is like crumbling at its seams and it seems like it's going to be the end of the world at least for the main character until she fix, fi- until she fixes it mm. so i'd like to see that ongoing effect of the time loop not just on the character but also the world around them and I'd love to see that explore. I mean, I thought it was my, so cool. Yeah, I would. I would. Well, I think Deathloop tries to do it. We just don't see the ramifications. But the idea that, like, when they finally break the loop, two hundred years have passed. What happened? What happened to the to everybody else? Is it just the island that was in the loop, or did they loop the whole planet for two hundred years? Like, what 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 is going on? Yeah, like what what might might have those outside ramifications been? 
Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. I like um, you. We could get real uh, tinfoily here, right? And be like, okay, I've I've thought of a reason why the zeitgeist works the way that it does, and why the 1920s had a pandemic. This whole this whole time loop thing, right? You can get it. You can get a little bit tinfoil hat here, and go. Okay, we, where is the zeitgeist come from? How do we predict this, right? Why is there a pandemic in 2020, but also in 1920? What if the whole world has been on a time loop this whole time? God. What if we're just we're just ripping? And it's like technology is progressing, but as a species, we're not. We're still stuck in the same bullshit. And then you're like, that's when you get into like life as a simulation. So I like the idea that uh, Russian Doll, it doesn't explicitly say this in the show, but I like the idea that it's a simulation. The whole thing is a simulation. And that the reason it's starting to break down towards the end of the time loop mm. is that the, the software running the simulation is starting to chug. It can't process the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, or it's filling up the RAM. It's filling up the memory. And so it starts to degrade, right? And like, I really like this idea. So it's like, you know, um, the idea that we're in a simulation and we'd never be able to tell. Maybe we are. Maybe, maybe we're all in yeah. a time loop. Maybe we're all in a death loop. Maybe I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, you know, the new Matrix movie is coming out. It's, exactly. It seems like in the trailer that like time has moved from the Matrix in the nineties to the Matrix mm. in twenty twenty one, and like the simulated world is our world. How is that going to play into the into the simulation? Right. It's. Oh man, I want to get into the fan theories on that, but I also don't want to retroactively spoil anything from the film. So like, oh. I don't want to rec- I don't want to record this and say like, what if blah 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 happens, and then the podcast comes out two months later, the film comes out. And everyone's like, CJ, you spoiled The Matrix. I didn't know. I haven't seen it. Is, I mean, it, but like, is that a spoiler if we're just Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's called a retroactive spoiler and it is fucking real. I had this massive <laughs> problem with the show Battlestar Galactica. I loved that show and I ended up on all the fucking forums talking about it back when it was t- when it was on TV. And I spoiled the whole ending of that show because I read a thread where some guy was like, I predict that the following will happen, blah, 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 blah. And when it did on screen, instead of me being like, Oh wow, that's amazing! I was like, "You motherfucker!" That it, happened. It with, ruined um, it for me. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have this happen with me because I. Uh, so season one of Westworld, uh, everyone on Reddit on the subreddit they had they would have this discussion for each episode, and basically, uh, like the show is all about like plot twists and turns and, and reveals and all this kind of stuff, and and like these people on Reddit predicted every single thing before it happened. And, uh, yeah. and a lot of people actually complain that it kind of ruined the show for them. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from uh, show threads until, like, I love reading them, but it depends on the show. Yeah. Some shows, I'll read. I'll read it all, all of them because I love it, right? Yep. But it's stuff that I already know about, where it's things like the new show at the moment, Why the Last Man. I will happily oh. read the threads on that because I've read all the comics. I know what's going to happen. So I, nothing can spoil it for me. I need but to start other shows, that. like Foundation, this is going to lose me all my nerd cred, but I never read Foundation. I know I should. Yes, don't at me. I'm aware that it's a formative sci-fi, blah, 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 blah. I haven't read it. So I will not read the threads for that show because it will spoil it for me. You say you're not you're going to lose your nerd cred. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. I don't know what that is. Oh my God. Pigeon, you need to educate yourself. No, look, at minimum, my here's my recommendation for you. <laughs> um, here's my recommendation. Don't read the book. The show is already happening. Watch the show. What right? was, it, what was Because if you read the book now, it's just called Foundation. Foundation. It's an Isaac Asimov series. But oh, it's on okay. it's on it's on Apple Plus. If you if you watch it on there, the first two episodes I think are out, maybe three. Watch them. Don't read the book because 
all I've read online so far is that everybody who read the book is massively disappointed, and I fucking loved that show. The first couple episodes blew me away. I am so impressed. If it turns out that the book is infinitely better, great. I will read it after the show is finished. But I do not want to have the show ruined for me. And most people online who are like, oh, I read the book, the show is terrible. Fuck you guys. The show is amazing. It's just probably a bad adaptation. I don't need to spoil that for myself. I, I mean, can just enjoy the show. I can talk about like adaptations and that whole thing for ages. Because like, if you're adapting, if you're adapting something for a new medium and mm. in, in a new audience in a new time, oftentimes it shouldn't actually be exactly the same as the old thing, unless like that's specifically oh, what you're going for. You know what? You know what we should do? We're going to put a pin in this because we should pick our next episode should be a direct adaptation. Well, I it's it's not going to be out soon, but uh, what I want to do is The Last of Us, the game. and Hedgehog Okay, we series. will do that eventually, but for the next but, episode, we should pick something that's a straight adaptation so that we can hash this out. Okay. Because I agree. I love it, but we're running over time. Like, we, we can't do it today. I think for me, though, the interesting part about that is, is that getting into those threads and predicting things, retroactive spoilers is a thing. Absolutely. Mm. If... If we, if someone had told me, or if someone had predicted the ending of Deathloop to me, and then it happened, I'd be mad because I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah okay, you didn't straight up tell me that it was a spoiler because you didn't know, but you predicted it, which which took the wind out of the sails when it finally happened, and that irks me. I hate that. That's a good point too, because like if I had, because playing the game, because like the reveal of Juliana being your daughter, because I wasn't even having an inkling, in what's the word I'm looking for, inkling of that thought. Yeah, uh, it blew me away when that was revealed. If I had started that game with someone mentioning, was like, maybe this is a thing, then the fact that it's in the back of my mind, so when it actually happens, I'm kind of like, oh, well, cool, exactly. but also like, all right, this actually this reminds me too. So when I um, played Bioshock Infinite, I bought it when it came out, and I remember, so I pre-ordered the game, but when it came out, I couldn't play it when it came out because um, we'd use our monthly internet download data limit. Mm-hmm. So I had to wait like two or three weeks before I could actually install and play it. And I was really excited for this game. And I had to very specifically block myself from going on like Reddit and everything yeah. related to Bioshock. Because I, I wanted to go into that as blind as possible. And I did. And holy yeah. shit, it was so worth it. This is also it why makes a difference, yeah. This is also why I've stopped watching movie trailers for movies I know I'm gonna watch. Because like Yeah, the, if the, I already know I'm gonna watch it, I don't watch the trailer. Because I'm like, all it's gonna do is spoil shit for me. Yeah. Yeah. And like the less I know about something, the better. And it, it makes the experience so much better for me. Alright, we might uh, we might have to leave it there. We're gonna run out of time. But I think that's uh, that's an excellent point that you make there, Pigeon. I, I'm into that. Yeah, I've got some ideas for some direct adaptation pairings as well. So we'll we'll, we'll um, decide what that's gonna be. Alright, well, thanks everyone for listening. This has been Picks and Flicks with Deathloop and Boss Level. Oh, actually, CJ. Do you yes. think they work as a pairing? I think they do. I absolutely think they do. They both feel uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're 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 yeah, bombastic. I've said it a few times, but they are. They're big. They're loud. They're they're funky. There's some great fashion. There's some great music. They feel spiritually connected, even though it's not an adaptation. They're not in any way officially linked. The stories aren't even that similar, other than the fact that they're a time loop. But I would. I can happily tell you that they feel like they belong together on a shelf. Absolutely. Interesting. Uh, my my take actually was going to be like the only thing they have in common was time loop and maybe some video game stuff. For me, I didn't think they were a kiss pairing. Wow. I, oh, that's amazing. I thought um, boss level was more akin to just kind of like an action movie, especially like a, a dumb action movie where you know the villain is Mel Gibson chewing a cigarette. A cigar, chewing a cigarette. Wow, that's very different. 
Um, whereas for me, Deathloop was very much more akin to like um, 60s spy revenge movies and black exploitation and James Bond and that kind of thing. I mm. think like for me, that's, that's where the difference was. Like if I'm playing Deathloop, I'm playing it more for that um, spy assassination mystery 60s thing. 60s. I think that might just uh, tell more about our play styles. And, and also like what stands out to us as well. Blowing shit up. <laughs> I was going in, I mean, this is, this is me whenever it's an, whether, whenever it's an option with games, man, I can words today, um, to sneak in and stealthily and plan out my route and be very like um, uh, specific and precise with what I do. I like, mm. to, I like to try and get in, kill the target, not alert anyone else and get out. Interesting. I'll do that in some games, but no, nah, this one I was like, I have free reign to blow everything up. Let's do it. Oh, well, anyway, well, we had uh, different opinions on the end there, which was really interesting. Um, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. I've been Stephen. This has been CJ. Thanks for joining me, CJ. Um, no worries. Thanks for having me. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.